Welcome back to the Check-In Podcast by Travel Marker Report. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Hedda Fellin, the CEO of Herdegruten, one of the world's leading expedition cruise companies. Hedda is one of the few female CEOs in the cruise industry, and she's been a vocal advocate for sustainability and responsible tourism. Herdegruten has a long and storied history in Norway, dating back to 1893, when it began as a postal service that connected the coastal towns and villages of northern Norway. Today, the company is a global leader in expedition cruising, offering experiences in some of the world's most remote and pristine destinations, and staying true to itself by offering incredibly diverse trips up along the Norwegian coast. As CEO, Head is responsible for guiding the company through a period of rapid change and transformation while staying true to its roots and values. In this episode, we'll be talking to Hedda about her vision for a more sustainable future, not only for Hudegruten, but for the cruise industry in general, and what Hudegruten is doing to take the lead on that kind of mission. We'll talk. We'll explore some of the challenges and opportunities in building a more sustainable business, and we'll hear a bit about the ongoing celebrations for the company's 130th year in operation. One note from me, um, I met Hedda a couple of weeks ago here in New York as Herta Gruden started those celebrations. And it's incredibly refreshing to hear from someone who cut their teeth outside of travel, in particular about what they see inside the industry, especially when it comes to those challenges the industry is inevitably going to face moving forward. She spent the previous years of her career at Equinor, an international energy company headquartered in Norway. And speaking to her, it's fairly clear that she's taking that experience in the energy sector with her into this role with her to Gruden, helping propel the company further and further along this sustainability journey. Um, it's also clear how much weight a position like CEO of her to Gruden carries in Norway, which is something that she fully recognizes and we speak about during the episode. So without further ado, let's dive in and hear from Hedda, the CEO of Herdegruden on sustainability and the responsibility of leading a, such a historical brand like Herdegruden. Hi, Ben. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm actually calling in from uh, the Norwegian mountains today. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, and I don't know if I can adjust my background, so then you'll see a traditional Norwegian uh, cabin in the background. Okay. Oh, I can yeah. see you now. Yeah, how okay. are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, how is everything in the past couple of weeks since I've last seen you? Yeah, well, uh, the North America trip was uh, was great. So, uh, very inspiring. And uh, so I came home with, uh, you know, loads of uh, inspiration and yeah. input. And then uh, always busy in, uh, in Norway. And uh, we have full ships now. It's uh, it's northern night season. So we have very, really, really heavy operations these days. So uh, it's going well. Is that usually the high season, the the northern lights season? Yeah, well, high season? And, yeah. And, and that's the strange thing. It's, uh, you know, it used to be summer. That was really, it was only full in the summer. And then, you know, half empty in the mid winter with only local passengers. And now it's, we see tendencies of the opposite, that the international guests mainly they really eager to see the northern lights so february is as full as it's never been i think it's uh very on trend these days to see northern lights so we, we really have I tried to get a colleague on board last week and we couldn't get one single oh cabin so yeah so but it's luxury of course after two years of pandemic yeah 
yeah, yeah. it's good news yeah i know uh, that's what a lot of the travel companies have been saying like it's difficult like operations are more difficult now and uh staffing's more difficult but it is those seem to be better problems than the problems we were having a couple of years ago yes absolutely yeah yeah yeah, well, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Sure. Um, it was so nice to meet you a couple of weeks ago, and you have such an interesting story. And I know you're you're fairly new to the cruise industry. I was hoping you could talk yeah. a little bit about, uh, yeah, I mean, you entered, you 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 were appointed CEO in March 20, 2021, right? Yeah, Okay. so two years ago, more or less, yeah. Yeah, so how, I mean, what, uh, I'm curious, I mean, what prompted the decision, I guess, to come into the cruise industry? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. And I uh, I did go a few rounds with myself. You know, I got this. It's a very, Hurtruten is, you know, perhaps one of the, or the strongest or one of the strongest brands in Norway. And with the legacy we have, as you uh, as you know, with 130 years, and it means so much to Norway. And it's really to carry the Norwegian flag to head up to be the CEO of Hurtruten Norway. So it's, it's a it feels like it's an honor to be asked actually so it's one of those phone calls that you feel like oh okay it's it's a real honor to have the, to be to be asked to take on that responsibility so that's uh, probably what uh, tempted me to leave a very good career in the energy business <laughs> at the well, time so you mentioned nor uh Hergren's sort of place in inside norway can you compare it to any company here in the states or in north america oh. or is that too difficult Oh, that's uh, maybe I should ask my colleagues about that okay, because yeah, that's I might fair. You know, yeah. give, a, give a wrong. Uh, you know, it's not many companies with 130 years of legacy, and yeah. uh, and it because it means so much uh, for the entire country, but also for you know, it's it's like the I met an advisor of the the, the Queen and the Royal Castle, and they like you know we we such appreciate everyone has this high. Uh, feeling to and connection to Hurtigruten. So, uh, and when you go abro go abroad, you really carry the Norwegian flag and you kind of show uh, the best of Norway. So, so it feels like both an honor. It's a very exciting leadership task, of course. So, of course, that's what tempted me as well. I know when you have so much legacy, you also have a lot to do in the future. So, for me, it was like, okay, I have to take care of the legacy and respect the history. But then continue to develop to make sure that we have 130 years in the future. And that yeah. was probably the really tempting part for me to take on that leadership task and continue to develop uh, the company in the future with uh, currently, of course, a lot of sustainability challenges in both transport and tourism. And and I thought, OK, it's a mission. I have to I have to take it. It's a, yeah. it's a mission. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a huge responsibility. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, and like I imagine, you imagine you did have to. You mentioned you having like have talks with yourself when you were considering making the move, and I imagine they were some difficult conversations. But you do, you seem very excited for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm very happy. I, I uh, dared to take the move. Uh, you know, when you are in, I was in the largest uh, company in the Nordics, where you're very well taken care of. So yeah. you know, few people leave the, that as well. But I've done that for 15 years, and then when you get the very rare opportunity like this you just have to go all in and really really do it so yeah. and that's what i've done and i'm very happy with that well things again like you mentioned bookings are very are very strong right now i imagine uh there's a lot of momentum behind herda gruden and the cruise industry in general but you mentioned herda gruden seems it seems things seem to be picking up things seem to be improving everyone seems to be very excited about about expedition cruising and about the kinds of vacations that herda gruden provides mm. so uh, it has been two very difficult years so i think that's uh, of course that's the backdrop uh with yeah. the two years in the pandemic uh, has been tough so uh so a lot of effort has been put into you know make this a good year so we're really pleased to see that it works yeah. and as you say people are 
they haven't been traveled as much for the last few years. We see that uh, uh, the trend is to travel again, but perhaps travel a little bit differently and do things that uh, do different things. And I think that's where Hurtigruten as uh, the entire group comes in. You can do both the expedition part, as you say, uh, which is uh, a public content, and then Hurtigruten Norway, which is very, it can't be compared to anything. So then it's really for those that want to do really the off-beaten track and the authentic and and uh, and uh, have the opportunity to experience something for real. And, uh, and probably those that don't want to do the kind of common, holidays would uh, would take uh, the Hurtigruten Norway product. Yeah. I, so I want to ask you about sustainability. I want to ask about sort of what how Hurtigruten uh, differentiates itself in the market. But uh, I want to sort of continue on talking about your first experiences in the cruise industry. I mean, was there, uh, did you have an idea of what working in the cruise industry would be prior to joining Hurtigruten? And has sort of the experience matched those perceptions prior to coming aboard? Yeah, well, uh, I have to say that, you know, I uh, I I was tempted with the Norway part because it's not cruising as such it is yeah. this you know uh mission that you're part of something more and and definitely i would not have joined if it wouldn't be for the strong uh, uh focus on sustainability i i think that cruising has a difficult reputation as well and and uh and uh that um the, that that industry needs to be more forward-leaning when it comes to take responsibility for for our uh, for our business and our industry so uh, and and I must say that I was a bit as expected. <laughs> it was I think the industry is a bit too slow. I don't think we are as an industry forward leaning enough. I think we you know milking a bit the market and you know very superficial sustainability messages, a little bit uh, green here and green there, but not entirely uh, taking charge of uh, all the emissions and ripple effects. So so but but the industry is waking up, and that's why. That's probably why this mission, as I say, was so important because Sutterruten wants to take the lead, and I think we can uh, push also others. And we we don't. It's not a competition to be best. It's really how can uh, the industry uh, have a better reputation because we actually uh, take more charge of our own uh, both emissions and uh, and on the positive side, how can we create more ripple effects, which is a very important part of the sustainability aspect for me, the social part. So um, so yes. Yeah, you know, I've had this conversation. We, I've had conversations throughout the last couple of years when the sustainability, when the sustainability topic has come out with like travel advisors, with suppliers, um, and there seems to be always a question of whose responsibility is it to either mm -hmm. make your traveler aware of you know sustainability impacts, or is it a, is it like whose responsibility in the chain of in the chain of booking is it to bring this up? And you seem very strongly that it's it's the supplier it's it's the people who are sailing the ships that that should have this kind of focus rather than someone else along the, along the chain of command well it's it's easy to you know blame everyone else so i think uh, and if you look back at the paris agreement it's all starts with first you have to take charge of your own emissions you know you have to start somewhere so so that means uh, that means you and i have to be conscious about our choices uh, but that also means that uh, the operator or the you know uh, as we are, we need to take charge of our own emission, direct emissions first, and then you can, of course, work with value chain and look at the entire entire cycle. Uh, but I think uh, that is a very important start to first acknowledge, you know, what are we part of, what are we emitting, how can we improve, and there's so much we can do in terms of energy efficiency, for instance. And uh, and then if tourism is going to be a force for good, where where people can 
continue to travel and be educated and informed and and come home and be you know more educated and informed also on the ocean health and on sustainability and their own actions then we we have a lot we can uh, contribute with there so uh, so when, and that's that's also part of our mission that when you travel with us you should come home and be you know uh, be uh, feel better because you actually know more and you can take uh, take some conscious choices so it's uh, it's also about education and really see things up front you see the nature really close if you go to Svalbard for instance you really see the big ice edges and the icebergs and you see how they have evolved and melted and you kind of get climate change and the facts really nearby and then you can learn uh, both about history and um, and the climate and the ocean and environment also by uh, the very local expertise uh, in the areas you visit with, for instance, also at the same time creating local uh, positive ripple effects for the communities we visit. So it's a it's a big cycle. But I yes, I definitely think that we have to start with ourselves. Yeah, and I, and I imagine it's it's an important part of it's an it's a big reason why guests book Hertegruden, uh, especially probably local more local guests to norway than than over here but i imagine that's part of the conversation when they're considering spending their money with with hertegrin yeah we see that it's really trending to to choose more green but i think uh, the good thing is that it's not i mean if you should be if you should only count your footprint your carbon footprint you should stay you should tent in your own garden right because you don't do any you don't uh, emit yeah. anything so so it's uh it has to be more than only a green choice. The good thing is that it's uh, it's the kinder, I guess I say, because if you if you choose uh, local and uh, local food, for instance, I, I talked a lot about the food aspect uh, when we met last time. So you you choose um, local food, which is very very fresh produced and the best quality there is. So so it's both the most authentic and the best quality. But it also has a low carbon footprint and creates local ripple effect. So uh, it has to be a kind of win-win because uh, so uh, yes, guests are more conscious. But I think it's the key selling point is probably that it's the most authentic and real way to discover Norway and learn about Norway with fantastic food, uh, local experiences, and then and that happens actually to be sustainability in practice. Okay. So uh, so it needs to be something more, and I think we're very. And lucky with that, that we can both provide, you know, the best quality and it's uh, it's sustainable and you yeah learn and experience Norway the most authentic way. So I think this this is probably an easy, like an obvious question to answer. But I mean, you spoke about the rest of the industry. I'm just curious, I mean, what's typically the hang up or the hesitancy uh, from from leaning into sustainability or ESG? I mean, is it is it just boiled down to a cost? point of view uh or is it there, there needs to be education for the rest of the industry i mean what's what from your point of view what do you think sort of the yeah, comes from I, I don't think the pressure points have i think they will come uh quickly so i i certainly think that if those that don't position themselves now they will have a very rough ride in the future i don't think it's a future if you don't position yourself right now but there needs to be pressure points you know if it's carrots or uh whips or you know it needs yeah. to be something that um so it's not only your current moral responsibility i believe that if you are uh, a serious leader in 2023 and you don't have this as your first priority i think you have uh, you know misinterpreted your task but uh, but that's uh, you know can be <laughs> that's my interpretation of the leadership task but uh, but when you have uh, more when you, the guests wants it uh, the finance, uh, you get better finance, for instance, if you do green finance, 
but also regulations and you know that can also help that you require to emit less when you come into a vulnerable coastline that you are required to leave more positive than only garbage when you enter um, a small village so i think it's all these pressure points needs to help to give the right push uh, because it as you say if you if it's equal and it's cheaper to go uh, heavy oil instead of uh, you know biofuel and uh, batteries it can be a, seems to be an easy way out to to choose the the cheapest option but uh, but i think it's uh, that's a short term uh, good and for in the long run i think uh, definitely that uh, it, this is also very good for business yeah um and then i i only have one more in sustainability but i know i've written and i've read about the c0 project from uh, her degree and i was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that about uh, yeah. what's yeah. the goal for that yeah yeah sure so uh, first, as I said, we have to take charge of our own current emissions because that's also what we see, that we, we see some very loose promises that, oh, in 2040 we will be zero, in 2050 we will be zero, but it seems far away and it's not concrete enough. So first we have to start with our own fleet. So that's what we have done. We have upgraded the entire fleet to be more energy efficient, but the technology of today cannot uh, get us to zero. So now we have used the best of technology today, the state-of-the-art maritime technology today with battery packages and energy efficiency measures. But then we are thinking, what about the next generation fleet? We have to be ambitious here and we have to be concrete. So um, we have done a feasibility study with the largest uh, European research institute to see if we would design a ship from scratch with zero emission in mind, what would it look Okay. And that's the C0 project because cruises are not designed for with carbon efficiency in mind. They have been designed for guests and how many suites and how many windows. And yeah. so they are heavy, not very efficient, actually. Uh, and uh, so with that in mind, um, we have been able to design a zero emission ship uh, and uh, with, to reduce the energy emissions with 50%. And then we have to add on a new technology for the remaining 50%. So, um, so that's the zero emission project, and we have. Uh, I have a very bold statement. So I said that uh, I have built uh, the last fossil fuel ship for the Norwegian coast, uh, and we aim to have this ship ready by 2030. Okay. There's still ways to go, but we have uh, we have designed it. We have feasibility study with the researchers. We have partners on board, and we're also now discussing with the Norwegian government on both funding, which they are they will help us through and support the coming phases. Again, that's why we have the Norwegian flag. We have to lift uh, Norway as a leader here, uh, and also in terms of the infrastructure on the shore. So it's a very, very exciting project. Yeah, it is. It seems incredibly exciting. I mean, I know uh, it must be. It must feel exciting for you to, to sort of play a direct hand in transforming Hertegrun as yeah. this incredible company, but also like set, setting a standard seems to be very important for you. Yes, yeah. and we have to. I think that's our responsibility. We have to lift, take the industry with us, and we want to be very transparent in this, so we can share. And uh, and also have uh, well, both small um, uh, and bigger partners, but also kind of small technology neutral um, competences in Norway. Norway is a leading uh, shipping and uh, maritime uh, in industry. So now it's in kind of it's time to take the lead as a green maritime industry. Um. So when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned Hurtigruten's uh, sort of desire or uh, wanting to get into North America market or wanting to increase the percentage of North American guests. And most of your guests right now are, are European. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So currently it's mostly European. They have, uh, it's been quite easy for us because they really filled all our ships, but uh, 
but uh, part of um, product development and the new routes we have are really we have really considered the feedback we get from the North American guests and they are really really good and we see that they want more but they want to see more of Norway and uh, while they are there so um, the new products we have with the North Cape Express and the Svalbard Express is perhaps the most the product we have that is most adapted to the North American market because you have uh, fewer ports and you have a full day uh, every day in each port so we really get to discover the real of Norway but we keep this special license that we have because we have freight and goods on board so we can come into the smallest harbors okay. and uh, and the areas that you cannot access as a normal normal uh, big cruise uh, ship so we, it seems like this is a very good uh, fit and um, and a good interest in uh, the north american market so we are increasing our presence in north america both canada and uh, and us and uh, we'll probably continue to to increase focus because we see that it's huge potential and the trend is also here to do more off the beaten track and more authentic travel. Yeah, I'm curious. So I, I had a travel advisor I was speaking to a couple of weeks ago who does a lot, who sells a lot of expedition. And uh, my thought, I guess it was a misperception, according to her, was that it would be difficult to find guests to repeat because these are very once in a life. A lot of these seem like once in a lifetime or bucket list experiences to me. But she was saying that completely wrong, that. Her guests, they love sort of developing a portfolio of bucket list mm-hmm. experiences. And that a lot of that goes with these expedition cruise lines and the cruise lines like Hurtigruten. I was curious, I mean, mm-hmm. even the European guests, do they typically come back and sail again with Hurtigruten after taking their first first voyage or so? Yes, they do. And yeah. uh, I must say that this was a surprise for me as well yeah. when I came in. I thought, you know, it's a bucket list. You do this once in a lifetime. But we see more and more repeat customers. They uh, and uh, I'm quite amazed, and I feel very honored when I say meet, come on board, and you know the captain or the you know can tell Heather you have to meet this person because they have been traveling here thirty <laughs> times. So you know, yeah. so I'm thinking, oh, they that they must, uh, but they when they they know the company, they know what we stand for, they know that they like it, they would like to come back. But the good thing then is that. As in the Hutterrücken group, you can do different type of experiences. So you can do the classic route, Bergen-Kirkenes, you can do Antarctica, and then you can come back and do the Svalbard Express. But we also see that some come back and do the same routes uh, several times because they, maybe in different seasons, it's very different to do it spring than autumn. It's very different to do a winter um, uh, northern light cruise than, uh, you know, a summer yeah. experience. So um so that's uh, that's a big honor, but you're right. People tend to come back, yeah. but uh, we first have to tempt them for their first time, and then we have to see if we can tempt them again. Yeah. Um. So what's the difference? I mean, between is it? I know the the uh, the sunlight is incredibly different uh, mm. depending on seasons in Norway, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, um, and that's probably why we are used to be so you know a summer product because you have sunlight twenty four seven which is quite uh, special to experience the 24 and the, in the midnight in the sun is completely straight up. So you never have the kind of uh, evening feeling. You just feel like it's uh, midday all, uh, all, uh, all day around. But uh, of course, the winter, the northern lights and the blue light and the pink light and, and the contrast of, uh, in the nature with it's, it's the dramatic nature in a way. Is, uh, it's more and more popular during the winter. It's yeah. no pollution, so it's no light pollution, no air pollution, so stars, northern light, everything is really, really clear. So that's why probably that is uh, very popular, but very different from the summer. Uh, I 
prefer actually spring or autumn because then you probably then you have the four seasons while sailing on the coast. It's such a long coastline, second longest coastline in the world. So when you travel from south to north, you'll probably be in the summer in the south, and then you have uh, feel like very and you can be full winter when you come top north that's to the Barents yeah. Sea and Chitina. So uh, so that's also why the full journey is, is it's a new experience every day. And uh, I know something that's quite popular with your guests is the Northern Light Guarantee, which I know a lot of our lines doing do other lines don't do. And I know that's always a concern with uh, with people putting down money to go see the Northern Lights. Again, it's a bucket list experience, yeah. but uh, that that's yeah. something that's very popular for your guests. Yeah, that's so. been very popular. So uh, that's probably one of the reasons why we are fully booked in the winter. Uh, when people want to, they take a long trip and they want to uh, spend time with us to see the Northern Lights. We are quite certain that we will be able to show you the Northern Lights when you take a full trip. So, uh, and we are in a period of time the next three to five years there will be very intense northern lights so uh, we feel quite quite certain that uh, our guests will experience it but we have this promise that if you do not experience the northern lights uh, and it's uh, qualitatively checked with facts so that it's really if you don't experience it you will get a new trip for free so i think that's uh uh, reassures our guests both on the confidence we have but also that okay i will actually be able to get back and we we, we don't give a lot of uh, guarantees out because uh, we normally get it but i think it's um yeah. it's a good guarantee to have but yeah. then you have to be um, willing to go up in the middle of the night to see it <laughs> yeah but i imagine a lot of the guests are because i feel like that's one of the reasons they're taking these sailings or probably the main reason they're taking these sailings yeah. is to see yes. northern lights so i don't think people will be too grumpy getting up. no no they yeah. have their jackets ready you get a small alarm in your room and then you know running off to the deck to really experience yeah. it that night it's quite magical yeah one thing the advisor told me also which seems very unique to this kind of sailings is there seems to be a community on board uh, mm. when when you're selling expedition or or these kind of itineraries that uh, it, there's because you're all there for sort of a, a specific reason and that's sort of mostly a shared reason there seems to be a community on board that you build along the sailing and is that something you've experienced when when you've sailed aboard or when you've talk to passengers yeah it's it's uh, you say that when you come home from a journey you're uh, you have a new family and that's um you because of this it's and and that's why it's not comparable to to other to an expedition cruise or a normal cruise. Yeah, is that because you have you are on this is the classic journey that you also are you, you share the ship with local passengers. So you get into these small harbors and you you meet uh, people from the coast. So um so it's it's uh, probably quite unique. We see a lot of unique meetings happening between you know people from all over the world. Uh, most of our and guests that are there for more than a few days are 90% come from, you know, entire world. But uh, every day there are people on and off uh, from the local communities. So uh, it creates some quite uh, interesting meetings and we see very many relationships being built um, during during that trip. Yeah. On the North Cape Express and Svalbard Express, you don't have the hop on and off um, of uh, local passengers. And that's really to give more time for the tourists to not have these short stops, but longer stops in the harbors. But here too, you get everything we do is together with local, the local community we're visiting. So the guides and the expertise and the food is is really done together with them. So a lot of acquaintances there, and also our crew are from the coast, and that's uh, probably a bit uh, unique in the, in the cruise industry as well. That they are first of all, I want to pay my people uh, with in Norwegian wages and you know fair standards. So. 
which is a problem in the cruise industry. But they are from the coast and they have many of them have worked in Hutchison for generations. Um, so they have a story to tell and they come from the places we visit. So it's part of the history and the, and the stories that is being told on board. Yeah, I imagine being surrounded by locals, it, it's, it feels like a local journey the second yeah. you get on board, right? Yeah. 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 So we, and they're, they're very proud of their, I think yeah, that's probably part of the Norwegian DNA and history as well. It's, it's a populated coast, which is, you know, it's quite remote areas. And, uh, and uh, it's very rare to have a coast like that with, with small communities. People actually live here around. And I think it's quite sometimes, can you really live there on, you know, top of that mountain or really in the seaside there? Um, so, um, and, and they have their stories. I come from here and this is the food we eat in this area. So you also eat uh, local every day. So that every day the menu changes according to the season and the area you're in. So you will get the specialty from that area every day. So that's also uh, kind of part of experiencing, yeah, the authentic, uh, the authentic Norway. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you, you talk about getting in the North American market. I'm curious. I mean, is there an edge? Or there, is there a desire to be educated about the Norwegian culture from North Americans? I mean, do you? I, I'm sure you see a lot of people with Norwegian heritage wanting to come on board. Uh, but I, but there's also there. I, there's still an appetite, I guess, from other other non ancestral. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's quite interesting because we also thought, you know, who should we? You know, we are we we are not a big well known known brand in the North America as we are in Europe or in Norway, of course. You know, in Norway. I everyone knows who I am because just because of the role I have, you know. But in um, in North America, we're not that a well-known brand as such, so we cannot do we cannot do awareness campaigns so that every man on the street should know what is Turtlefin. So we need to think, you know, who who should we kind of target or who is our best audience? And we are also thinking, is it those with Scandinavian heritage? Of course, there are more people in Minnesota with Scandinavian heritage than in Scandinavia, but it's not sure that they are the ones to. To travel, so we still see that uh, New York, Texas, California—you know—areas with you know, it's ed- ed- actually educate quite educated audience in a way uh, that want to do something special. Uh, Scandinavian values and Scandinavian nature is is intriguing and and uh, and uh, on trend, uh, and uh, I think has the reputation that you know it's clean, it's no pollution, it's calm, it's beautiful. So, um, and I think the food is prob- probably a surprise. Maybe we're not known to have that uh, high quality kitchen and we see more and more Michelin stars and, you know, we have the best chefs on board. And so that's probably the, the positive surprise. Yeah. I think uh, the expectation is, you know, the fjords and the midnight sun and the beautiful uh, surroundings and the cleanness and the kind of Scandinavian architecture, interior and values. And then we can surprise them with, uh, with some... Uh, positive uh, experiences on top of what they expect and uh, that's maybe why they come back <laughs> yeah. um so 100 this is the 130th anniversary i mean we spoke about a lot so far uh, is there anything else you want uh travel advisors to know about the anniversary about herdegrun anything else you just wanted them to be aware of before we wrap up no i think i just think the awareness of the north cape express and the svalbard express because that's quite new so uh uh, of course, that's building on the legacy. Uh, it's really the DNA of Norway, uh, but even more, maybe you know, upped up a little bit in terms of uh, what you uh, what you get of experience on board. 
uh, and uh, and also a more time to really uh, experience uh, the entire Norway. And then, of course, Svalbard Express, you get both the coastal Norway and Svalbard, and the North Cape Express, you also get included Oslo, which is uh, a selling point, because we see that uh, if you come to North America, it's pity to kind of miss out on the capital while you are in Norway. Yeah. Um, hmm. but well, again, thank, I know the time difference is kind of crazy between uh, you and I right now, but I, thank you so much for your time. It really, it's always nice to talk to you, and it was really incredible, uh, sort of getting your perspective on. on oh, that's great! Things. I hope yeah. you got something. You uh, hope you learned something new, and then I hope you got something that is uh, that is valuable for you for you and your audience. I definitely did, and again, I know you've been in the role for a couple of years now, but again, congratulations and. Uh, thank you. Best of luck with 130 years and everything else going forward, too. Thank you so much. Really, really nice to meet you, Dan. Talk yeah. to you soon. Talk okay. to you soon. Bye.